0: Hey everyone! I'm Emmanuel.
1: I'm Carly, and I'm Jamidra,
0: and we're the hosts of The, the Cooler. Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. Today, we're talking about the most famous feud from old Hollywood: Betty Davis v. Joan Crawford.
2: Also,
1: why we likely won't be coming to your bleeping birthday dinner party, and an exciting new segment called "Where'd You Go?" This week, Jamie Fox.
0: So, you guys, before Birdman versus The Breakfast Club.
2: (gasps) Put some respect on my name. Mm -hmm. Oh, put some respect on my name. Before
0: Uh. Mariah versus J Lo.
2: Oh, I don't know her.
0: Exactly. Beef. Before Jay Leno versus David Letterman.
2: Oh, I don't even think I have a quote for that one. Tom
0: Cruise versus Brooke Shields. I could go.
2: Oh, not get into
1: that.
0: So, before all of these bad blood feuds. Mm -hmm. Oh, I
1: see what you did there because Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift has a song called Bad Blood. About? Blood.
0: And Katy Perry. <laughs> yes. Mm. These would have never happened without Betty Davis versus Joan Crawford. <gasps> Old Hollywood rivalry of the ages. You're saying this is the, like ages. the
1: baseline for all feuds? Oh, beyond. Okay. Scandals of ye olde Hollywood.
0: Ye olde. So, fresh off the hit, The People versus OJ, mm-hmm. Ryan Murphy has recently announced his new project. It's to be titled Feud. <gasps> Ooh. But yeah, this is a completely different thing, and it's going to be eight episodes following the rivalry between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford.
1: Is that deep that it can be oh. drawn out for eight oh. episodes? Let me tell you. I think they're compressing it into eight episodes, uh-huh. quite frankly. Yeah. But wait, who will play Betty? Glad um,
0: you asked. <laughs> Joan Crawford will be played by Jessica Lang. Oh, okay. cool. And Betty Davis will be played by. Susan Sarandon. I
1: knew you were going to say Susan Sarandon. She's got the same Betty Davis eyes.
0: (gasps) Betty Davis eyes. (laughs) You knew we would have to sing something. I
2: don't know that song. I don't know her.
0: Shady. If you know anything about their feud, which, Jamita, it seems like you don't. I do not,
2: so you need to fill me in. Carly, do you know? I know. Classic bitches. Ooh! <laughs> this sounds like the original Real
1: Housewives yeah. of Hollywood. Yeah, it's so
0: juicy. I'm going to take you on a shade retrospective.
1: Oh, my God. A shade respective, if you will. Yes,
0: of Davis v. Crawford. Oh, my God. All right, so back in the 30s. Joan Crawford was it Mm -hmm. for MGM. Betty Davis was like an up-and-coming person while Joan was already established. Joan was thought of as, you know, an actress. She Mm. did that, but more well-known for her hookups and her beauty.
1: Nothing changes in this crazy Mm -hmm. business we call show.
0: Yes. So Joan had been with Douglas Fairbanks Jr., Mm. married to him. What
1: a stud. Sounds like money.
0: Yeah. She had a thing. With Clark Gable.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, who didn't back in the day? I certainly did.
0: So Betty Davis, on the other hand, was more known for her craft Mm -hmm. and not thought of as a traditional beauty. Like if you had a role that was a sex pot, you probably wouldn't go to Betty Davis. Mm -hmm. So the shade begins. Want to hear some quotes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. All right. Joan Crawford says, quote, Miss Davis was always partial to covering up her face in motion pictures. She called it art. Others might call it camouflage, a cover-up for the absence of any real beauty.
1: Oh! Girl. Harsh.
0: On the other side of the ring, Petty Davis said that Joan Crawford was a mannequin with eyebrows like African caterpillars.
1: Oh! Which
0: is mild, so I have a, a worse one for you Leave after the this.
1: caterpillars out of it. <laughs> what did they do to so anyone? Anyway? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they did not ask to
2: be brought into Why should go into the African caterpillars so they couldn't right? just be regular caterpillars? Why does it have to be Africa?
0: Racist. <laughs> um, she also said, Joan Crawford has slept with every male star at MGM except Lassie.
1: Oh. oh. Bringing dogs into it. Leave the dogs <laughs> and the caterpillars out Let's of this, lady. Lassie ain't do nothing to
2: nobody. Mm-mm. Lassie was just over there.
1: Is Lassie even a boy?
0: Joan Crawford was a bisexual, so it's fine. You're oh, cool. Right. Okay. All right. So back in the day, you could only work for your studio. So... They didn't really have to compete for the same roles because Betty Davis worked at Warner Brothers. Mm. So, things start to bubble in 1935 when Betty was filming a film called Dangerous with a hot guy named Franchotone. Tone. Mm. Oh. He sounds hot. So, Betty developed a crush on him. She said, "Quote, I fell in love with Franco professionally and privately. Everything about him reflected his elegance from his name to his manners." Mm. Ooh, she's wow. hot. Unfortunately for her, Joan got to him first. (gasps) Rumor has it that she invited him over for dinner and she met him naked in the solarium.
1: In the solarium?
0: (laughs) This whole solarium naked thing worked Mm -hmm. because they soon got married.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to say he just hooked up. Nope. Both.
0: So Betty Davis then said, He was madly in love with her. They met each day for lunch. He would return to the set, his face covered in lipstick. He was honored this great star was in love with him. I was jealous, of course.
1: So where where are all these uh, quotes being captured? Is this the press? Is this personal memoirs?
0: A lot of these are like insiders saying that she said these things. Other things are in later in life interviews. Like in this late in life interview after Joan had died. This is in 1987. Davis said, she took him from me. She did it coldly, deliberately and with complete ruthlessness. I've never forgiven her for that and never
2: will. Oh, and she's in the ground at that point. Mm -hmm. Speaking ill of the dead.
0: So... Betty was nominated for this role that she did with Francho Tone in Be Dangerous for an, an Oscar. And because she was new to the game, she didn't think she would win. So she wore this, like, very simple navy blue dress. Mm. According to legend, she ends up winning. Franchot leaps up and embraces her. He's so excited. His co-star won. Mm-hmm. Joan was sitting and had her back turned. And Franchot was, like, mm. apparently said, darling. And then she turns around, gives Betty Davis a look up and down. And then she says... Dear Betty, what a lovely frock!
2: Oh,
1: Shade. I wish there was a GIF of that moment. I know.
0: So maybe that's why.
2: If there was Twitter back then, <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: <coughs> would have been lit. <laughs> Speaking of lit, I wouldn't piss on her if she was on fire. Oh,
2: my grandmother used to say that. Boy. Mm-hmm.
0: And then Joan Crawford, at some point in her life, said, "Poor Betty, she looks like she's never had a happy day or night in her whole life." <gasps>
1: Shade upon shade, deadly nightshade.
0: Yeah, there's so much shade that I am getting a vitamin D deficiency.
1: (laughs) I'm bringing you some supplements. (laughs)
2: Thank you. you Some
0: (laughs) Some vitamins. So eventually, Joan Crawford left MGM and got hired. Where else?
2: Warner Brothers. Yes. Mm.
0: So now they're competing directly for the same roles. And she's still
2: married to your boy at this point. They broke up. Okay.
0: Um, they, it
2: seemed based on what you t- you said, it sounds like she would marry him just as like
0: <laughs> petty. Yes, Angela Kardashian, Black China, realness. <laughs> so
1: actually, now you come to say that, who are the modern day equivalents? I'm just trying to desperately cast them in my head as you're speaking.
0: Hmm. I feel like it's not as contentious these days because there's room for everyone these days. Back in the day, especially at a studio, there mm. really is one slot for this woman, and which one is it going to be? One slot, I don't one know. woman.
1: Oh, Where's
0: she going? Is that a point? <laughs> no, no. Please. Okay. i
1: not mean it like that. Okay.
0: <laughs> like we have obviously Angelina and Jennifer, but that's like one moment in time and they don't actually talk about no, each other. It's very anything.
1: one-sided yeah. as well. And they
0: don't go for the same roles like these two, actually. Like mm. Jennifer's like girl next door and Angelina is sex pot. So I guess Angelina would be Joan Crawford. In Never this the twain shall meet. So yeah, they were starting to compete for roles. Betty Davis had said, Mildred Pierce pass I don't want it Joan is like I'll take it and then she won an Oscar for it
2: Mm. and
0: Betty was not excited about that so then Hollywood now and then Mm. is like women in their 40s ill so their careers kind of both went down but then years later Joan approaches Betty to star in whatever happened to baby Jane this amazing movie which would have both of them being has been starlets who are sisters and it would involve Betty tormenting Joan Crawford's character the entire movie,
2: because
0: uh, Joan Crawford's character is in a wheelchair and her sister is taking care of her and like offers her dead things to eat and is it's insane and amazing. Can
1: I make a confession? I've never seen whatever wow. happened to Baby Jane. It's, I don't. I've never even heard of. Never seen happened it. To Baby Jane. So I'm gonna win up you on that. <laughs> At one. least I know I haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> it is spectacular. We should watch it. So because it would involve Betty tormenting Joan for however long it would take to film she was like uh where do I sign let's do this and Ooh, so she took the bait yes okay and as you might guess the petty shenanigans that went on hmm. were biblical
1: hilarity ensued
0: capital B biblical so at the time Joan had been married to the CEO of Pepsi so because of this Pepsi association, betty davis gets a coca-cola machine installed into her dressing room oh. and she's just like sipping on it like what i'm not giving you money okay no. well, i
2: love her for that
0: in this one scene they had to physically fight and joan was like uh-uh get a body double because i, don't I think she's gonna actually hit me like i don't <laughs> want to do this and so they got a body double but there was one close-up shot where they couldn't do it with a double and was betty saw her opportunity <laughs>
1: She was in there like a heat-seeking <laughs> missile.
0: Her foot meets Joan Crawford's head.
1: and <laughs> <When> she <laughs> kicked her in the face.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> Joan required stitches. And what did Betty have to say to for herself? Oh, my God. I barely touched her. <laughs> so then Joan was like, okay, I need to get even with this bee. So she gets even in a scene where Betty has to drag her across the floor. Because as we've said, Joan Carver's character is in a wheelchair. Right. She knew that Betty had a bad back. And so she put on, sources differ, but some say a weightlifter's belt made of lead. And other people said rocks in her pockets just to make herself heavier, oh to make it harder God. for Betty with a bad back. And Betty with a bad back. Yeah. Let's and apparently it was very hard to do. And it like messed up her back and it wasn't a great time for Betty. So... I think kicking someone in the head is better, though. But. Oh,
1: my gosh. It's very real physical anguish being inflicted here.
0: Oh. Oh. Okay, I need to prepare myself for this one. <laughs> this is the ultimate, like, shady cherry on top. Uh-oh. So the nominations for Oscars come out for after this movie, which was received really well. They both had stakes in The Profits, so they both did really well financially off of playing up their rivalry in this way. And the Oscar nominations come out. Betty gets a nomination for Best Actress. Joan, not so much. Oh. But she's not going to take it lying down. She contacted every other nominee and said, if you're not going to be there, let me accept on your behalf. No. So, Oscar night. Betty thinks she's going to win because everyone was talking about it. So much so that reports say when they were about to announce it, she puts out her cigarette, gives her purse to her assistant or whoever, and she's like, All right, I'm ready to talk.
2: I bet she wasn't wearing a frock either. I bet she came mm-hmm. ready.
0: <laughs> Glitzed. <laughs> and instead they call Anne Bancroft's name. <gasps> Who wasn't there? Who oh, comes up? No. Apparently shuffles past Betty and says, Excuse me, I have an Oscar to collect and goes up there and gloats. She's like, I'm it's on just the stage. Rubbing it. Or doesn't in. that
1: just come across as desperate
0: yeah it's like you weren't even nominated like why are you here you don't even go here it's
1: like when kanye gets (laughs) up on the stage constantly
0: Uh betty had this to say about the situation i almost dropped dead i was paralyzed with shock to deliberately upstage me like that her behavior was despicable i will never forget the look joan gave me it was triumphant and clearly said you didn't win and i am elated
1: I'm on Betty's side here. That just looks
2: desperate. Ditto. I mean, if Betty was a certain kind of woman, she could have tripped her on the way up. But you know. Mm. Yeah.
0: Mm-mm. And while we're on the quote train, here's some quotes to leave you with. I
2: okay. love the quote train. Shady quotes. Are <laughs> My they shady quotes. favorite
1: train.
0: So later in life, she had said these things. "Quote: The best time I ever had with Joan Crawford was when I pushed her down the stairs and whatever happened to <laughs> Baby Jane." <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I love these How about crazy this one? women. <laughs>
0: Why am I so good at playing bitches? I think it's because I'm not a bitch. Maybe that's why Joan Crawford always plays ladies. <laughs> and then this is the best one of all. <laughs> You're not ready for this. Joan was dead at this point. She said, You should never say bad things about the dead. You should only say good. Joan Crawford is dead. Good.
1: <gasps> oh, that's mean. End scene. Was it all... I
2: got. <laughs> first of all, let's just be clear that I'm watching this, the series. That's you definitely that is are. Happening. Definitely. <laughs> um. So I know that they were beefing about Frenchie. I'm just gonna call him Frenchie. because mm-hmm. his name. Yeah. They were. <laughs> I know they were beefing race. about him. But like, were they fighting before that? And why? Like, where's the beef stem from? Where's the beef?
0: It's two alpha women in a day and age where there could only be one. Yeah.
2: Oh, the shine theory. Did not did not exist.
0: <laughs> teleport and back. Freeman
1: needs to teleport back. <laughs> so wait. And deliver some shine. How much of this was Here. being uh, stoked and exacerbated in the media at the time? Or did they just genuinely loathe each other?
2: Judging by those quotes, yeah. That sounds like that was not being stoked. But
1: they're too good. I just wonder. I think they both knew the value of beefing after she's dead, though. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think they did play it up to a certain degree. Like with whatever happened to Baby Jane, the whole premise of that movie is playing up. The Mm -hmm. fact that they've had this discord in their relationship. What I think is actually the reason why they hated each other so much, allegedly, is because, you know, like when you hate something in someone else, it's like something inside of you that you haven't dealt with. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's going on. And Joan Crawford's daughter, Christina, famously wrote Mommy Dearest. Mm. And then that whole thing happened. And... Joan Crawford left in her will nothing for Christina or her brother. And Betty Davis said, I don't blame the daughter. Don't blame her at all. One area of life Joan should never have gone into was children. I've never behaved like that. Well, I doubt that my children will write a book. Um, before oh, no. before you say that, Betty's daughter wrote a book.
1: Gosh. I mean, that's tempting fate.
0: And after Betty died, left nothing for her daughter. So they're too similar and they, would... they can't deal. Two um,
1: peas in a bitchy pod. Woo
0: so i'll be tuning in
1: me too i'm watching
0: so we'll watch whatever happened to baby jane and then go right into this new series eight episodes <sighs> thank you ryan murphy for reminding me of this feud and bringing it to the people here today her hair is
1: hollow gold
0: and lips a sweet surprise her hands
2: are never cold All right, guys, so when is the last time that you went to a group dinner? Pretty recently. Oh, was it a great
1: experience? It, it was. I enjoyed it very much. You? Oh, wait, you're going to talk about uh... things that aren't good, aren't you? I mean, it was terrible <laughs> and I hated it. <laughs> it. was the last time you went to a group dinner?
0: I went to brunch this weekend, but it was only... So group dinner? But it was for a birthday. Ah, it was a
1: birthday <laughs> brunch. Okay.
0: It was a birthday brunch, but it was manageable because we were sitting at a circular table and we could all talk to each other. But the week before... I went to a group dinner, which was not for a birthday, only could talk to the people right next to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's annoying, mm-hmm. and I Guys, don't like it. take yeah. a tip
1: from King Arthur. Round tables are the way to go. Boom. <laughs> Although he still had problems, I would like to know. Yeah. So it didn't solve everything. <laughs> not every fighting. problem. Yeah, exactly. But at least everybody could talk to each other. Yeah. Huh?
2: Um, so a while back I came across this piece and I'm talking about a while, a while back because this piece was written in October 2008. So it's an oldie. It's been stewing inside you. It has been stewing inside of me and I have been thinking about it and I go back to it every now and then. (laughs) So it's a grumpy little piece written by a guy named John Swansburg for Slate. Hey, John. Hey, John. We're on a first name basis at this point because I've read the piece so many times. Basically, he details why he absolutely loathes birthday dinner parties do tell yeah so I read it I laughed I cried all of that um, and then lo and behold a week or two ago I got a call from one of my oldest friends and she was like turning 30 <laughs> I want to do it big let's do a birthday dinner and then all of those feelings sort of rushed back uh
1: yeah are so, you going I don't know <laughs>
0: Does she listen to this podcast?
1: (laughs) Help me out here. Is is it the going out nature of it? Because I know that a lot of people object to going out for big fancy dinners en masse for someone's birthday because there becomes unless the person's phenomenally rich and is treating you to your dinner, mm-hmm. you always get that nasty little wrangling at the end where suddenly all the friendships are put aside and it's like, well, mm-hmm. someone had an extra drink and well, someone's going to pay for it. Well,
2: I'm going to break it down and then I'm going to give you some tips on about how to survive it, okay? Excellent. Okay, so according to John, for us millennials, we are in what's called, or what I'm going to call, a
1: party purgatory. Oh, does he mean we don't have parties? So we do, but so, so here,
2: so in the beginning when you're a kid, your your parents throw you a party, you throw a party at a house, or when you're, you're college age, you go to a bar everybody takes shots that's the party hmm. right once you like settle down and you get a house you got a mortgage you got kids you come over people have cocktails at your house you've got a nice little backyard or whatever the case yep. may be you throw a party string lights yeah, yeah. yeah. Solariums. when you like yeah, yeah so solariums all of that i love relaxing <laughs> in my solarium <laughs> swiveled staircases and pools <laughs> So, but in this middle between age, us millennials are like graduating from college. Some of us are in grad school. Some of us have started our careers, but we don't have like, most of us don't have like a fancy place to host a party. And so, ragers,
0: our bones can't take it.
2: Right. They
1: ragers, really can't.
2: You know, and then we're like, you know, we're, we're like grad students or we've, we're, we're accomplished. So we don't feel like we want to go to a dive bar anymore. So we want to go to a restaurant. Trouble is a lot of us don't have restaurant, like fancy restaurant money. Mm-hmm. So anything that starts Especially with Especially not right here. Shay, whatever. Anything with Shay. <laughs> Stay away from the Shay. <laughs> yes. It's a French guy's <laughs> yes, house, do not go exactly. near it. <laughs> so like like I said, if you're not making the big bucks yet, the bars start to fill, as John says, a shade de classe.
0: Oh. So you don't
2: want to do that, right? So you go to these fancy restaurants. The trouble is, there's a range of incomes, right? You got some people who are doing really well. You have got other people who are just kind of like, I just had the salad. I just want the soup. I'm not trying to pay for your lobster. Yeah. So issues can ensue once the bill comes. Then you got to figure out, sort of like, you got those friends who are figuring out life, who are sort of like the drifters that want to show up, but then want to order the meal, and you're you're like counting their wallet, like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now I know he ain't got a job, but he just ordered. The steak, right? And
1: they always do a strategic exit. Yes, yeah. this is my point. Oh. So the
2: last, the last major dinner party that I went to was a going away party for someone, and it was at a fancy place in Oakland, and there were like thirty people there. Thirty. And, and during the dinner, a few people like dropped in. Ooh, And no. we're like, hey, what's up? And then left? No. 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 And so at the end of the night when it was time to calculate, it was just a, a hot mess. And they
0: always do the, the the like drop down like a 10 or something. They're like, will that be enough? You know, Probably. Um, Bye. Because
2: you, know, you know what? Because nobody thinks about the fact that when you've got a large party, there's a gratuity, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody's on the, well, I just had a salad and I just had a drink or whatever the oh. case may be. They're not thinking about the tax. They're not thinking about the gratuity. Side note, if on. you're
1: part of a large party, it is just take it as read that the serving staff... Hate you. Absolutely, <laughs> they loathe you. They Absolutely. love your drop-ins, your drop-outs, your extra orders. You're trying to like finagle things, dropping down of tens and twenties. They love They hate you. you. They hate you.
2: So, what happens? You show up. There's probably like ten or fifteen people there. If you're lucky, you know like, what five of them because mm-hmm. your friend has invited mm-hmm. like her best new coworker from work that she met last week, and you're like, "Hi, Jane." <laughs> <laughs> You're probably seated far away from the guest of honor so you're across the table. This is another argument for the mm-hmm. round tables if you keep can it round Knights. because now you're between Jane and her like college roommate that you've met for all of 2 minutes and yeah. then you guys are talking about
1: what? Weather. Her cats. Oh. Or whatever. <laughs> Weather, you British. <laughs> <laughs> that is the default. Oh, it's raining a bit today.
0: So balmy outside.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so according to John, the the dinner that he went to, the his portion of the bill came out to $168. <sighs> cha So this was in New York back in 2008. Oh, wow. We are in the San Francisco Bay Area in 2016. And
1: so in today's money, that's around $5,000, okay. I believe. Yeah, around there. So you go to a dinner party at Shea
2: Expensive with like <laughs> 15 people. Best believe you're going to come out of pocket. And so here I do have like an etiquette question. If you have, are going to a dinner party and you know it's going to be super expensive,
1: are you still obligated to bring a gift? No.
2: Oh, I, yeah, no. I, I bring I, flowers I, or something mm. like that. But
1: do you still need to bring a gift? I think so. I, th- I think you do, unfortunately. I say no. It really sucks. But I mean, but, but, mm-hmm. mm, but what are you going to say to the person? I didn't bring you a gift because I'm going to be spending a lot on the food I'm going to be ingesting.
0: No, it's not like that. It's just like, we're not five. I'm here for, you I, here
1: for no, you. I just think manners. It's, like, we're not five. You don't need to
0: bring a <laughs> gift. There's not a table with a bunch of <laughs> gifts on it. Your presence, A, is a gift. And B, the person whose birthday it is doesn't pay. No so. presents, yeah. just
2: well, your they presents. do. The, they do the fake. They do the faux, like, oh, let me get my wallet. And everybody at the table has to say, like, yeah, yeah put it away. That whole mm. thing.
0: Well, also, you can, like, buy them a drink. Or if they're a really close friend, yeah, buy them something.
2: I bring flowers or I will, like, buy the person a drink. Then, mm. But I'm not about to buy, like, a major birthday gift if I'm going to drop, like, $168 at a dinner. Do you yeah. have
1: a bag of things that you pick up over the year? Just a little bag in your bedroom that you have Ooh. nice little gifty things. And every time you're going to one of these occasions... You just whip one out? You can go to the bag and pick out a nice little gifty thing.
0: You are such a Capricorn. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, no, shut
1: it's up! It's like, I'm prepared always
0: for everything.
1: <laughs> oh, and that's my voice, is it? Yeah. I'm going to butt you with my What's horns. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: We just became Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Oh, no,
1: I know. I kind of I'm a it. referee. So,
2: if you must go, to a group dinner party, I have, like, a few little certified cheapskate checklist items <laughs> for you that uh, that I have honed over the years and that I've also picked up from John. So, first, if you can, despite what Carly said, opt out of the group check. Like, if you show up and there's, like, 15 people and you're at a fancy restaurant... You can try to pull the server to the side and be like, Hey listen, I'm gonna yeah. be leaving early. Do you mind if I just get my stuff on a separate yeah. check so that I can, you know, just be out? And if they're nice, then I'll let you do it. Just uh, I
1: just bought some bad stock. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Help me out here. Huh? <laughs> um, two, you could do a drive-by.
1: Oh, but then everyone will hate you. Ah, girl,
2: please. You could do a drive-by, <laughs> which is you can like pop in and be like, hey, I'm just here for a second. Buy the person a drink from the bar or whatever the case may be. If you can't afford it, you can't. This, these are cheap skate tips.
0: Also, you could just say, hey, I can't make dinner, but where are you guys going after? Yes. And they'll go into a that. bar That's awesome. and you go That's there.
2: Smart. But if you ain't got it, you ain't got it. This is yeah. the Bay Area. Three, you can bring your own bottle. So you can check in with the restaurant beforehand. If they have like a corkage fee, you can just pay the corkage fee and bring a few bottles of wine. Like you're like, I really like this kind of wine. This is the wine we're going to drink. Corkage fee.
1: Also, ask them if you're bringing a large party. Ask if they'll waive the corkage fee since you're bringing so much money into the restaurant. It can't hurt to ask and you might have saved some money. Cheapskate gets cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) With
2: me. (laughs) So John suggested that you order first to set set a frugal tone. Oh. Right. So this is this is risky because it might not work. But if you order first, then the person after you may feel a little guilty mm. about ordering the steak and lobster if you've been like, let me get the, you know, mm-hmm. yep, salad or whatever. On the other side of the spectrum, John suggests you just go all out because guess what? You're going to pay Somebody for else is going to be the cheap steak. Yes. <laughs> that,
1: that does run through my mind. Okay.
2: Next, maybe you can use the Equitable Act. Yeah. Okay. So, for those who don't know, Equitable is an app invented by comedian and former Cooler podcast guest Luna Malbro, and it divvies up the tab based on wage inequality so if I a black woman am at a table full of white men I might end up eating
1: for free
0: so if a white man is having a birthday you're like I am there I am there (laughs) also getting steak and lobster
1: what's his name I'm (laughs) there I am there
2: Um, or you can use if people are not filling the equitable because you know somebody might be in their feelings about having to pick up 100% of the tab you can use an app like Divi that lets you take a picture of the receipt and then you can sort of drag and drop people's names and it'll divvy up the like tip the tab and all of that for you. So I'll like plop a link into the podcast page so that you can like browse other apps that'll help you sort of like make sense of the tab. But yeah, and if you're throwing a a birthday party, just keep in mind that people don't really want to sit next to your coworkers that they don't know and they don't want to pay $168 mm-hmm. to hang out with you. So just choose the restaurant wisely. So I'll do one last tip that was not on this list, but wasn't well, even a tip. I would just say in a past life I was a bartender and I once witnessed someone smuggle in a bottle of alcohol and cups and juice in a wrapped present. Wow. <laughs> kind of
1: brilliant. Right. So I'm not suggesting that you do that. I am only saying that, that it I have happened one time
0: and you could do it too. Yeah.
1: By the way, every time you say in a past life I was a bartender, I always imagine you as like a Victorian bartender. <laughs> <laughs> Gigantic hooped skirt.
0: I'm seeing it right now. You look great.
1: <laughs>
2: at first, we started at cool. taking me places I ain't never been. But now you're getting comfortable ain't doing those things you did no more. You're slowly making me pay for things your money should be handling...
1: So, guys, I would love to inaugurate a new segment. Ooh, yes. Isn't that exciting? Oh, my gosh. Especially as we, when we launched the podcast last year, we thought of lots of new shiny <laughs> segments and then abandoned them all. Yeah. So my new segment is called Where'd You Go? Ooh.
0: Where'd you go?
1: Where'd you pitiful, go? just where,
0: because I let you go. Where
1: did you go? Many's the time that you're like, I'm... That's celebrity—I haven't thought about them in such a long time. Where did they go? What have they been doing? Or you know, they just don't seem that busy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here to provide a public service. Every time you're like, "Where did so and so go?" I will look it up for you and I will find out. So Ooh, listeners hello. at home can also tweet at KQED Pop. Ooh. Where did they go? Just suggest someone to me. So in
0: San Diego, is this?
1: <laughs> I next week. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so for this very first installment of "Where'd You Go." Jamie Foxx, multi-hyphenate entertainer Jamie Foxx. Where is he? I is, miss Jamie. Well, that's the thing we all do. His last movie was Annie in 2014. Ooh. We won't say a lot about um, that. I can't say <laughs> anything because
0: I didn't see it. I what? saw it and I'm
1: just going to remain silent. <laughs> <laughs> Where is Jamie? Was he so shamed by the failure of Annie that he just went into hiding? Is he in a cave? No, he is not. He's been busy saving lives. Mm-hmm. In January of this year, 2016, if you're listening in the future, he pulled a man from a burning car. Oh, so Jamie mm-hmm. Fox is like, "There's a fire over there, and I'm going to go and get this guy out of it." Yes, Super so he's done in that. Real life. He's done that. He's also been very busy maintaining an Instagram that seems exclusively filled with pictures of him in suits. <laughs> really? Oh, I can see it. If you love pictures of Jamie Foxx in suits, you're going to love his Instagram. Go and check it out. Let me go ahead and follow him I know Katie Holmes does. Well, this Uh, is the uh. thing. So Jamie has been doing a lot of appearances at the Aria nightclub in Vegas. Anyway, he's loving the uh, the temperate climate of uh, Vegas. He's having a great time. It would be remiss of me not to point out that he has been busy potentially allegedly impregnating Katie Holmes. (gasps) Mm -hmm. She of Dawson's Creek fame.
0: She of <laughs> Suri's mom.
1: Exactly. And she of ex-Tom Cruise marriage yes. fame. We
0: don't talk about that. She yeah. of
1: fleeing Scientology fame. But yeah. they don't speak publicly about their relationship, so I, I cannot confirm or deny those rumors. Can I just say Scientology folks don't come after us? Uh, That's
0: between the lines of every podcast we've ever put out. <laughs> Please do not come <laughs> for us. We That's can't. That's
1: tacit in everything we do. <laughs> um, also, it, you've got this, an exciting uh, little roster of films coming up, uh, including uh, Robin Hood origins oh he's in the role of Little John cute I
2: know I am just curious to see what this cast looks like and where the where it's set is this like a remake or aren't anything? we all oh. <laughs>
1: so it's gonna be really exciting he also has a couple more movies uh which are set in the crime world can I admit that
0: I have seen Jamie Fox recently oh I don't know what he was promoting but he was on Jimmy Fallon, I believe, and they were doing that musical impressions thing that oh, Ariana Grande is yeah, yeah. so good at, and he is the best impersonator. Jennifer Hudson on top of spaghetti. I don't know how uh,
1: this would even happen.
2: Run out the table, onto the floor.
1: Oh, he is really such good. a good
0: impersonator. So I saw that and was like, I don't care what you've been up to because you did that.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, on Kanye West Gold Digger, that Ray Charles-ish voice you hear is mm-hmm. obviously Jamie Foxx. Yeah. He's oh. also been putting out a single with Ariana Grande. Yeah. Really?
0: Focus. 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 Which was a flop. A fl- but
1: a I like on? it. I like
0: it. It's a <laughs> beloved flop. But he's in it being like, focus on me focus on me and it's everyone's <laughs> least favourite part of the song
1: oh it's my favourite oh I loved it well there you go It just sounds so annoyed he's like Argh. focus on me focus um, so check that out too so this has been the very first instalment of Where'd You Go loved it Ooh. cool I, I hope I it happens again
0: people. Yes. or we could just say where'd you go where'd you go segment
1: uh, that's a very very cruel way of politely <laughs> telling me this segment will have no shelf life I believe in it cool
0: cool <laughs>
2: three,
0: Come on, girls. So we end every episode with a song. This week, I came across Brandy, songstress. Oh, mm-hmm. Brandy. Speaking of, where'd you go, Brandy? Whoa. So Brandy gets together with two performers called Roz Ryan and Jennifer Lewis, and she apparently taught them what the phrase in these streets mean. Oh, yes. Oh. And then they turned it into a song. So let's hear it now. I don't want nobody
2: with me in these streets. same children. I don't want nobody fucking with me in these streets. Uh-uh. I don't want nobody with me in these streets, cause ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time. and nobody. Got time. Ain't nobody
1: you guys, that is the new. Put some respect on my it name. It certainly is. <laughs> that is giving me life right there. That is giving me life.
2: Ain't nobody oh. got time for that.
1: Oh,
0: hey. Ain't nobody <laughs> got time for so that. that's
1: brandy, as in yes, brandy and Monica. The boy is mine. Fame as mm-hmm. in mo to the Eat to the. Miss Norwood
0: and funny you should bring up the Brandy Monica duet to end all duets because this is very short so we can't really write out on it while we say thank yous hmm. so we're going to write out on a feud that was played up for publicity The Boy's Mind. Oh, oh what a classic you thanks Betty and Joan yeah. for hooking that up
1: they yes. made it all possible <laughs>
2: To our podcast, Papa
0: David Marcus. Thanks to Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs for our amazing theme song that you hear at the beginning of the show.
1: Thank you to Howard Gelman behind the glass,
0: and thanks to Jay Simpson for helping me edit. Please subscribe on iTunes. Also, rate us if you like us. If you don't, um, you never heard this. Until next week, find us on social media. I am excuse my beauty without the first D on Twitter.
1: I am at teacup in the bay. I am at Jamitra says.
0: Follow us, favorite our stuff, retweet. Bye.
2: Bye.
1: Bye. to be confused. He belongs to me. The boy is mine.
0: Hey, um... Oh! I'm sorry to bother you, but... Do you know... You oh, know man? his name. Oh, yeah, I know his name. Oh. Well, I want to let you know that he's mine.
2: Oh, no, no, no. He's mine. You need to give it <laughs> up. I had about enough. Had about enough. It's not hard to, hard to see. To see. Boy,
1: the. Boy. New segment I'm... best spoken word bits of songs. <laughs> Seriously. I am a person who knows the ad libs to songs
2: that most people don't Me know. Me too. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I thought the old lady dropped it into the ocean.
0: Well, oh! it went down and got it for you. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have. <laughs>